people often ask me where they can attend a same-side selling immersion program, and usually I don't offer them publicly. But I do have them coming up on March 31st in Dallas. The one in Scottsdale for February 28th is already sold out, but March 31st in Dallas. So visit ianaltman.com for more details. I hope to see you there. Welcome to the Grow My Revenue Business Cast. This is Ian Altman. Thanks for joining me today. I want to speak about a few things in today's episode that hopefully can make a huge difference in driving success for you and your business. And it revolves around this idea of the buyer process and the buying process and decision process that people face and how we can get better insight into that to get better results, the types of questions we can ask, and ultimately how we can prepare for those interactions to make sure that you're operating at peak efficiency. And peak efficiency might sound a little bit overblown, probably because it is. But but what I want you to consider is this, is that we often in the world of selling think of the sales process in a very linear way. So we think of this linear process where we say, oh, look, here's what happens. The client first is a suspect. They contact us, and then we qualify them. And then after they're qualified, now they become a prospect. And then we take them through the buying vision, and we understand their needs. And we, we go through step by step by step. And in most customer relationship management, CRM, or Salesforce Automation, SFA tools, we plot out each step in the sales process. And we sit in sales meetings and our sales manager or our CEO or whoever is running the sales meeting asks questions like, so, hey, uh, what's going on with, uh, with XYZ company? And the salesperson says, oh, I met with them last week and uh, things are going pretty well. Or, oh, I've left a few uh, voicemails for them, but they haven't, I haven't heard back yet. And it's that sort of just repetitive process that happens over and over and over again. And I'm just telling you that most of that is a waste of time because your clients, when they're buying, don't have a linear process in most cases. In fact, almost never do they have a linear process that they follow for making a decision about buying your stuff. Instead, they start initially figuring out if they have a problem. They then search for some solutions. They might interact with a vendor or two. They might put you on the back shelf. At every step along the way, they have a preferred vendor. Um, my my co-author of Same Side Selling, Jack Quarles, <laughs> Um, I, I love it because he says, look, if you don't know who the preferred vendor is, it's not you because there always is one. Just if you don't know who it is, it isn't you. So as our clients are going through the process, they don't have linear steps. Instead, they're just trying to figure out a few key things. And there's an exercise that I take salespeople through that's the same exercise that I take senior executives through. And it has to do with how they make decisions. And we give them a fictitious scenario and say, look, you're in this scenario. What type of questions would you have to have answered if you were the person approving this decision? What type of questions would you have to have answered to be comfortable making an informed decision to either move forward or not? And the questions 
are the same questions that come up every single time I've done this exercise with thousands and thousands and thousands of people, literally over 10,000 CEOs and executives around the world. And the questions come down to what problem does this solve and why do I need it? And then they want to know what's the likely outcome or result. Now, if those are the questions that people are asking, if the way you are selling is not aligned with those questions, then you're actually making the sales process longer, not shorter. So we need to come up with a better way to do things. And so what often happens is we as salespeople think of the sales process as a series of linear steps. And the finish line for us, we easily think of as the sale because People who are responsible for revenue growth get measured often by how much they sell and what their performance is. So we focus on the decision process and we ask clients crazy questions like, who is the decision maker? Well, we're always going to get the same answer to that question. No matter who you're asking, they're going to say, well, I am. Because either they don't want to be trivialized by saying it's not them or they don't want to out the person who's supposed to be making the decision, but they're not. So you could ask the janitor, and they're going to say, I am. But what if instead you focused on the results? What if you focused on asking your clients questions like, so how are we going to know whether or not this is successful six months down the road? How are we going to know whether or not other people in the organization feel this is successful? What happens if we don't solve it? So we start asking questions that have to do more with whether or not this is important enough for the client and whether or not they see it'll be worth the investment instead of just asking questions about who is making the decision and how they're making that decision. So we need to get really skilled at asking these sorts of questions and managing this process. And in a previous episode, I talked about why I'm not a fan of scripts because if you're reading a script, you can easily ask the question, almost ignore the answer, and then ask the next question. And instead, we need to build up our muscle memory so that in essence, as we're having these discussions, what we're really asking ourselves is, wow, has this person convinced me that this problem is worth solving? Have they convinced me they'll get enough return out of their investment to make it worth the investment to begin with? And most of that comes down to developing skills, and practicing. You know, I do workshops for companies all around the world, these full-day immersion workshops, where people invest tens of thousands of dollars for me to come in and conduct these workshops. We follow up six weeks later with them to reinforce the skills, and thankfully, people report great results and growth in their business. Now, I also periodically do these public-facing courses we call it Same Side Selling Immersion Workshop. I've got one at the end of February in Arizona, which is unfortunately already sold out. But we just announced a date for one on March 31st in Dallas, Texas, where we're doing a workshop there as well. And it might be something to come to. But let me talk about some of the things that, that we share and that I share during those workshops. And by the way, I'm the one teaching it. It's not like we bring in someone else to do it. I'm actually personally there teaching these concepts that have um, thankfully helped to grow many businesses. And the skills have to do with controlling the conversation, better understanding how clients and executives make and approve decisions, why old methods don't work anymore, 
and the specific steps you can follow to adhere to the same side quadrants way of conducting a meeting. Because what happens is most people attend a meeting with a potential client, and after the meeting, they give all these great reasons about why it was a positive meeting. So I'll ask people, what made that a positive meeting? And they'll say, oh, man, you know what? We were supposed to meet for only 20 minutes, and instead we met for an hour. And we really hit it off. We got along great, and we've agreed to see each other again next week. And these are all great explanations and a great way to summarize a positive date that you got on Match.com, but it has no bearing on the value of a meeting to determine whether or not this is a prospect worth your time. So instead, we follow these same side quadrants, and this is something that I speak about quite a bit, so I'm not going to share all the details. Basically, the same side quadrants, the idea is you take a blank sheet of paper, you draw a vertical line down the center, horizontal line across the center, making four relatively evenly sized quadrants. In the upper left, we write the word in small letters in the corner, issue. In the upper right, impact. Lower in that upper right quadrant, we write the word importance. In the lower left, we write results, and on the lower right is others impacted. And so we follow through those same side quadrants to make sure that we're focusing on the right information for our meetings. Now, as part of the same side selling immersion program, we cover in extensive nauseating detail all the different questions, and there are dozens of questions in each of these quadrants that we follow to make sure that we uncover the right information. And all we're trying to do is find the truth. We're not trying to do – it's not about persuasion or coercion. It's about getting the truth as quickly as possible. Now, once I once I develop those skills, that's all good and well. But then in any field, the top performers do something – that people in sales and business don't do. And that is they practice and rehearse. So performers in the theater and television go through rehearsal after rehearsal after rehearsal before giving a single performance. The same thing goes with musicians. The first chair in the orchestra has performed that piece hundreds if not thousands of times before they actually get on stage in front of a live audience. Only in the world of professional selling do people show up without any rehearsal up front. And when I ask people, well, why is it that you don't practice? Why don't you work on these skills? They give me all sorts of great reasons. So they'll say things like, well, the other person isn't realistic. So I don't really know what the purpose is because I'm going to be great at selling to them and nobody else. They might say that, well, each time it's the exact same scenario. So unless I'm going to sell just to that person, it's not going to do me any good. Or look, the other person shifts characters and they change their role midstream. So that doesn't help me either. And there's all sorts of reasons, all plausible, that make perfect sense of why people don't role play and don't practice. But the ones that do achieve dramatic results and really accelerate the sales cycle for their businesses, and they waste a lot of less time on bad opportunities. And so take a look at our same side improv game. It's a card game. There are videos on our site so you can kind of get a sense of how it works. And in same side improv, the criteria 
by which you evaluate someone's performance is the same side quadrant. So we're measuring against the same side quadrants. And there are different cards that you pick for each type of scenario you might face. So there's a card to describe the situation, the type of client you're dealing with. There's a card for the individual's role, if you haven't already defined that, and how you met. And then there are these cards called the secret cards. And the secret cards are designed to discuss those ideas that, candidly, your clients usually don't tell you about, but are really going on. So it might be things like you have budget pressure. Um, You're going to lose your job if you don't solve this. You're an untrusting information gatherer. You're just trying to use this conversation to leverage your existing vendor who you're already happy with. You're getting pressure from your peers or from your boss to solve this. You're, you're trying to get free information. These are all different scenarios, and they're literally like, I think, 20 different cards of the secrets. And the idea is that in each round, there are three different characters. So there's a salesperson, there's a customer, and there's the observer. Now, by the way, the reason I'm sharing the detail is because you don't need same-side improv to do this. You could do this on your own. You don't need to buy the deck from us. But it's important to take the time to practice for an hour a week. You know, Malcolm Gladwell in his book Outliers talks about developing mastery as something that requires 10,000 hours of intense practice. And that would, that would imply 20 hours per week for 10 years. And all I'm suggesting is that if you spend one hour per week, you'll outperform the competition. So don't just say, oh, I'm already good at this. Oh, I've been doing this for a long time. I am telling you the people who practice this for an hour a week tell us two things. One is, wow, I went and met with a client. They closed us, and the meeting went almost verbatim like we had rehearsed it. The second thing they tell us is, look, a few minutes into the meeting, I knew which secret cards they were holding. And I always laugh because it's not like you hand your prospect actual cards. So I'll say to them, well, what do you mean? They say, oh, because we rehearsed this for an hour a week, once the client was asking the same questions and making the same statements that we make when we get those cards, we knew what was going on. So it gives them great visibility into how people make decisions and what they can do. And that's what we're really trying to get to is develop that level of mastery. So just remember that for your clients, there is no linear process for the buying cycle. They don't actually go through a linear step-by-step process. Instead, they're kind of all over the place just trying to determine what problem this solves, why they need it, and what's the likely outcome or result. They also want to know what the alternatives are, but if you answer the first questions well, the alternative question becomes implied because if you're dealing with a vendor who you're in complete sync with what problem they solve and why you need their help, if you're also convinced that they're going to deliver the best chance or the greatest likelihood of the results you need, that's the vendor you'll pick. So once we know that, we want to make sure we follow a consistent process like the same side quadrants for our meetings. And the way to develop that proficiency is through practice. And I'm telling you right now, if you spend an hour a week practicing, you will become outrageously successful in how you manage those meetings. And it'll increase the amount of time you can spend with your family. It'll shorten sales cycles and you'll achieve better results. I want to thank those people who take the time to subscribe to the program and share your feedback and share the program with your friends. It really makes a huge difference. 
And remember, this show gets its direction from you, the listener. If there is a topic you'd like me to cover, if there's a guest you think I should have on the program, just drop me a note at ian at ianaltman.com. I love getting the detailed emails that talk about what's working for you and what isn't. And people are always surprised that that, that they get a quick response from me personally. Um, this is why I do this. Have an amazing week, add value, and grow revenue in a way everybody can embrace, even your customer.